Now, The Interpreter Show, with discussion, debate, and the latest information on all kinds of religious issues and topics. Welcome to The Interpreter Radio Show. This is Bruce Webster with Martin Tanner, and we think Chris Fredrickson. Are you there, Chris? I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you, yes. Great. We're all, we all set in our latest set of uh, studio headquarters now, <laughs> making sure everything works, all the yeah, equipment's working fine. It's the tradition for K-Talk to move yes. at least every six months or so. A movable feast, yeah. you might say. The... Uh, Tonight launches a modification uh, for the format of the radio show. We're going to have a series of, uh, at least for us, 20-minute segments covering a number of different topics. We are going to start with Come Follow Me. And, of course, we have a brand new year. We have the New Testament. And we have the very first uh, lesson in Come Follow Me. We get the honor of inaugurating that, which actually Chris and I have managed to do for several years running now. Uh, and Chris, you wanted to talk about this first lesson. Right. And for for our listeners who are teachers or students who want to follow along, this is the new Come Follow Me for 2023 from December 25th through the very first few days of January. So there you go. There it is. Great. Take it away, Chris. So this, yeah, this is exciting. We're going to be talking about the new um, uh, New Testament, obviously, in our next year of study. And we're going to focus tonight on Lesson 1, which is we, we are responsible for our own learning. And just, you know, some quick introductory here. And I thought, too, what I would really love for you guys to weigh in on is I'll do just a little bit of the introduction. And then I think it's really helpful. We did this last time when we studied Old Testament that we also talk a little bit about some really good resources that we have found very helpful in our study of the Old Testament. I will say one thing here. I, I, I was just reading, and hopefully we'll get a little bit of chance to talk about this, a little bit of Margaret Barker. And one of the things that Margaret Barker always advised people to do in their study of the scriptures is to first read it for themselves and read it for themselves and to try to discern for themselves what the meaning and intention in this instance of Jesus Christ's words or the words of the Apostle Paul or other great apostles and leaders in the church, Peter and others. And so to try to first work out for yourself before you turn to the commentaries, because sometimes you can be overwhelmed by those commentaries so that you don't discern, but the promise is that the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us so that we can gain our own understanding. So I love the way that she suggested that we privilege first our own try to understand of the New Testament, and then, of course, turn to commentaries. Now, that doesn't mean we don't do background and that we don't get some historical understanding, because just as the Old Testament, it's implicit that we understand some of the history and the peoples that populated the Old Testament. It's important we do the same thing with the New Testament. So let me just start here. Christ, um, as it says here in the introduction, invites us to come follow me, uh, to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And that means that, and that means that we are to make changes and we are to progress in discipleship as we strive to give our whole souls to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. 
Um, the path of discipleship, in my mind, sort of necessitates that we understand what he taught. And then after we understand it, that we begin to humbly try to live what the Savior taught. Um, I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures that are cited in the manual that I think are very instructive for us. First, John 7:17. 7, quote, if any man, and, you know, in, embedded in each of these, um, in each of these is a, um, a promise from the Savior Jesus Christ. So here it is. John 7:17. 7, if any man will do his will, uh, Jesus Christ, God the Father, he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. So right there, the Savior and, of course, his Father are articulating just the importance of studying the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then in James 1.22, it says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. So they're also saying it's not enough to just know the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we've got to do the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Be doers of the word, be doers of the doctrine. You'll remember, I think one of the most beautiful descriptions, simple, plain, and beautifully put um, when people describe Jesus, and perhaps one of the best ways to describe him is that he went about doing good. And I just love that. Because that's what the Savior would have us do, to go about doing good, be doers of the word. And then 1 Nephi 10, 19, For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well in these times as in times of old. Now that to me is just such an exquisite promise where the Savior is telling us as we diligently so as we make it, I was reading President, um, uh, oh, not Tom, not Monson, President uh, Benson uh, recently, and he was talking about the Book of Mormon in this instance, but he said 30 minutes a day, and that's going to keep us close to the Savior Jesus Christ. Now that's going to help us understand, and particularly that's going to help us dis- discern right from wrong and truth from error. And so the Savior commissions us to diligently seek to know um, the doctrine of the gospel and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them. When we're talking about mysteries, we're not talking about, you know, things that are so obscure. It's just not Kabbalah, um, it's the Jewish religion studies. But a mystery to most of the world is the plan of salvation. They do not understand the purpose of this life and why we are here. But those kinds of things will be unfolded to them by the power of the Holy Ghost. Um, and it will happen to us in our day. And so there is an inherent promise of protection as we come to know the doctrine of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then it references the parable of the ten virgins, which says we can't delay our duty to study, know, obey. Um, You'll remember there were only five virgins that ended up at the wedding feast, and five of them were precluded from entry because they had not made the necessary preparation. And then Luke 11.10, For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. So that diligent searching of the scriptures by us will be rewarded. And when the Savior does that for us, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 10, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God will reveal them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth. He knows all things, yea, the deep things of God. 
So that's just beautiful. Again, another beautiful promise from the Savior, Jesus Christ, that the Savior promises here. And listen, you know, again to that promise, I has not heard nor ear seen. We can't even begin to comprehend, neither hath entered into the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And so that's what it's talking to us, um, you know, about here. And how important it is that we prepare ourselves by studying, by learning the doctrine. Um, I am working on a manuscript right now on Jesus and women. So I've been doing a deep dive over the last several years into Jesus' interactions with women. But of course, getting background on the Hellenistic world, the Greco-Roman world, um, the Judaic world of Jesus Christ's day, so that we can better understand the people that populate the pages of the New Testament. And I promise you that as we make an effort to understand, this book's going to come alive to us. And what a privilege it is where we actually have the very words of Jesus Christ. Certainly there are errors and mistakes of men in the New Testament. We know that very well. And yet here is an opportunity to really come to know the Savior better. And as we come to know him better, we just can't help but love him more for all that he has done for us. And then it also recognizes um, in this lesson that many people have questions these days, that many people are searching. And so it poses three suggestions here. And the first one is to seek understanding from God. And that's a reminder to go to good sources, qualified sources, um, and to turn to, again, the scriptures, the words of prophets and apostles. And, of course, you know, with our understanding of prophets and apostles that walk the earth, that they're prophets, seers, and revelators. And so these individuals and the Savior Jesus Christ are promised to us, especially God the Father and the Son, as the source of all truth, that we need to act in faith. So we need to be faithful. We need to be patient. We need to understand that God will answer us when the time is right. And the third thing is to keep an eternal perspective. I think this is something that we fail so we fail so often to do. We live in a, a sort of a media-obsessed society. We live in a society where we are constantly on our devices, where we are constantly being socialized and propagandized. And, you know, we have voices coming at us from all different directions. And that eternal perspective is important in this sense. That worldly wisdom, certainly there are some benefits from some forms of worldly wisdom, but what we must understand is that God sees the entire picture from the beginning on through all eternity. If, if there, Well, we don't believe that there was necessarily, we don't know how that quite works out with the beginning, but God sees all, and he understands all, and we can trust him. And where do we come to know God the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ? We come to know them in the scriptures. And so we've got to keep that eternal perspective, and it's this simple. God knows better than me, and I need to turn to God and his word to better understand how to live my life and how to navigate a very challenging world in which we live. And so that's just a little bit of introduction there, but I, I want to open it up to Bruce and to Martin for your thoughts, but also just some suggestions on places where you can get some really good information. And I'll start here with two really simple ones. This is very interesting. I, I find these are out of print right now, but everyday life in Jesus's times is, is a reader's digest. Um, it's, it's simple. It's, it's, it's very instructional. It's written by back in the days when people that were biblical scholars believed the Bible to be true. This is written by a group of individuals that believe the Bible to be true and that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. It's a delightful read. It's a very enlightening read. It's, it's something I've, it's been very helpful to me. The other one I would recommend is the NIV with the commentary. 
It's Protestant in its origins, but again, there's maps, there's graphs, there's timelines, there's instruction. We don't always agree with it, but I have found that rendering, the NIV, that rendering of the New Testament to be very helpful as a parallel study when I study the King James Version. And then the last one is, oh gosh, help me out, guys. Um, the New Testament study by, oh gosh, an ancient scripture department at BYU, the new edition that he has come out by with his study of the ancient um, languages. You're talking about Thomas Weymouth's translation of the New Testament? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas Weymouth, it's it's a New Testament translation for Latter-day Saints, published by Deseret Book. Yep, okay, so go ahead, um, um, Bruce, why don't you take over from there? Okay, well, first on a general topic, I I feel a little embarrassed because I'm going to end up quoting something which I think I've quoted about half a dozen times in the last two years, but it's it's specifically relevant uh, to this Come Follow Me lesson. And this is Elder Marion D. Hanks, an assistant to the Twelve, back in 1969, writing in the Improvement Era, an article called Theological Illiterates. Uh, I could read the whole thing, but I'll only read the the concluding paragraph. And, And he says, and this is so important because it is exactly what I think the church, members of the church are struggling with these days. He says, no one knows anything about his homeland simply because he was born a citizen thereof. He must learn. Nobody knows anything about Christ's work simply by being born a member of the church. And often he knows little about it after years of unmotivated exposure in meetings or classes. He must learn. And learning involves self-investment and effort. Now he's, he's going to actually be uh, quoting some uh, or paraphrasing some stuff that John Woodso said. He says, <clears throat> The gospel should be studied as carefully as any science. The literature of the church must be acquired and read. Our learning should be increased in our spare time day by day. Then, as we put the gospel truth to work in daily life, we will never find it wanting. We will be literate in the most important field of knowledge in the universe, knowledge for the lack of which men and nations perish, in the light of which men and nations may be saved. Uh, As far as book recommendations, I was going to recommend Thomas Weyman's book. I will also recommend because you can get it electronically, and if you search, you can get it physically as well, what I still consider the single best volume for Latter-day Saints. which is Jesus Christ in the world of the New Testament. And if you can get the original hardbound edition, it's worth the money you spend for it. It may cost you a bit uh, online. Full color, wonderfully laid out, wonderfully illustrated, tons of pictures and diagrams, and a analysis of the New Testament in the light of faithful LDS scholarship. Uh, so that's one. There, there are some other books which uh, I don't have. I didn't come prepared to cite. But if you really want to do a deep dive, there, there's a three or actually probably a four-volume set now uh, that came out again from, uh, I don't know if it was Religious Studies. Uh, Desert, you know, B, I think it was a BYU Deseret Book joint publication. I'll dig those up later. Uh, but beyond that, there is no... 
There is no royal road to testimony. <laughs> uh, there, there's, it's, this, is, this is like algebra. It's like other stuff. You actually have to spend the time. You have to study. Uh, I agree with uh, Chris that, for starters, you should actually read the scriptures so you understand the context of these various commentaries and analyses. Uh, as a teenager, I had the great good fortune uh, when I was a sophomore in our Sunday school class, our teacher, Brent Erkman, bless his heart, uh, looked at the manual and said, nah, this is too easy. And had us, and there was about three of us, and I think we're all, all guys, had us read Jesus the Christ. That was, that was our <laughs> Course 15 Sunday school text back in high school. And I ate it up. I absolutely loved it, and it had a tremendous impact on me. Uh, a lot of the citations are dated now. Uh, the scholars that Talmadge was relying on, I believe there's an edition that has updated citations in it. But uh, I'd have to, again, that's something I may have to dredge up later. Martin, how about you? I love the New Testament. That's one of the most fun things to study. And I have some recommendations that have just proven really useful for me over the years. One is that do not just rely on your King James Bible. As wonderful as it is and as fabulous as all the footnotes are, there are a few others, um, more current translations that I highly recommend. Chris has mentioned the NIV. It has some great resources in it, but it's a, a decidedly um, Protestant slant. Uh, but but it, again, it's it has great resources in it. I really like the New Revised Standard Version, which is sort of the scholarly modern English update to the King James Bible with new all the new manuscripts. And it would be the one that all the great theological seminaries use these days for study. And if if you um, if you want to be using what the experts use in plain English, that would be the version to use, New Revised Standard Version. Another one that is my personal favorite that some people don't care for because it's so modern day that instead of um, some words that, that you would be used to, like grace, the grace of God, it will say God's kindness. And for some people, that's not quite the same. But when you think about it, grace is a kindness, and a kindness is something that you don't merit, but it's something that's given. And I, I just love the New Revised Standard Version. It also has some great commentary and an introduction to each book in the Old and the New Testament, and, it, and it's, it's fabulous. The... the which, which gets me to the next point, and that is whenever you study the New Testament, find out what the context of it is. Uh, understand the setting. Understand the difference between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and why they were all written and why Paul was writing to the Galatians and which books are likely written first. And if you look at those contexts, the meaning will become very rich. If somebody just whisked you away and sat you in front of some event in the past, it would have 
very little meaning compared with if you had some great big huge introduction and then were whisked back into the past and set down and could observe what what was going on and uh and so looking at the context is is really really useful uh let me let me add just a couple things one is and if you're really ambitious there are tremendous study aids out there for learning new testament greek I had the great good fortune to take it from uh, we'll take Greek New Testament Greek from Wilfred Griggs, fifty nearly fifty years ago, uh, and it's it's made me dangerous because I can actually look at Greek. It's not like I can translate Greek on the fly, but I can look at it and say, "Oh, I know what that I know what that word is spelling out." So then yes. I can look it up. <laughs> yes, somewhere. The uh, the other thing is, and this gets back to Martin's point about context. I just ran across a news article that apparently was a controversy on Jeopardy because the question or the, the answer was, uh, of Paul's letters, this is the one that has the most Old Testament references. The answer was Romans, and it's immediately caused a controversy because the question was – no, excuse me. The answer was Hebrews. The answer was Hebrews. It immediately caused a controversy because there's, there's a great dispute as to whether or not Paul wrote Hebrews. Right. Uh, so it's, this is why it's helpful to understand the context of the various books of the New Testament, uh, the epistles, uh, how they're interpreted, and uh, where so much, frankly, of our cultural language comes from. Uh, now, with our, with our new format here, we have shorter segments. Right. So we're going to seg into our next one, which is uh, I'll turn it over to Martin for that. Okay, uh, and before I leave the last topic, let me also mention that if you want a, a good commentary that's not an LDS commentary, in one volume, you might take a look at the Interpreter One Volume Commentary on the Bible. And I wish I could say it was published by the Interpreter Foundation, but it's, but it's not. It's just, it's, it's just the inter- One Volume Interpreter Bible Commentary. But it's, it's a fabulous Fabulous one. They also do a long multi-volume one, but look for the one volume. You don't need to get into uh, two pages for every verse kind of a thing. And with the one volume, it's, it's, a, it's a great one. 